Welcome to the Humans of Real Estate, your weekly podcast chatting with real estate industry professionals. We bring you top performing individuals to showcase their knowledge and expertise in the business to help others learn and grow. Here's your hosts, Kobe Clark-Jacobs and Emily Wallace. A highly successful auctioneer and award-winning agent, Matthew Scafidi from Jealous Craig Mitchum, combines passion, rich experience and deep market insights to achieve premium results for his clients. Matthew's trusted reputation for excellence in the Whitehorse property market reflects his proven sales process and unrivaled ability to deliver record prices. In 2017, he won the prestigious REIV Salesperson of the Year Award. Welcome, Matthew. Thank you very much. Good to be aboard. Thanks for jumping on board to the Humans of Real Estate podcast. It's so good to have you on. I think diversity in the people that we speak to, in the areas they service and how you go about doing business. But as a starting point uh, for people listening and obviously for Kobe and myself, where did this journey start for you? What was your entrance into real estate? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. It was it was something that I always harbored and wanted to do and um wasn't quite financially set enough to be able to actually do it because I um, I should have done it when I was 22, 23, 24, um, but left it till I was 36. And uh, at that time you have uh, a wife and a child and another one on the way and you're building a house and you're, um, and you're renting whilst you're doing that and, uh, and then, you know, a job comes along and they say, well, we're not going to pay you anything <laughs> and unless you sell uh, something you're not going to get anything at all. Um, you tell your, you know, your mother that uh, you're going to leave a $110,000 job with uh, with a car and phone and computer and everything else and uh, go and try this gig called real estate um, just after the global financial crisis. So um, she was devastated, my, my mum mm. that is. And, uh, but my wife, uh, Tanya, who I always uh, always say is my rock and she's, uh, she's supported me the whole way, she said, well, now's the time. Um, at the time we weren't uh, in a mortgage as such, we were building, so uh, it gave us the opportunity to, uh, to give it a go. And uh, it was, uh, was something that, uh, as I said, I always wanted to do and, um, and since then, 13 years ago I've, I've loved every minute of it and uh, you know it's uh, it doesn't feel like work it feels as I've mentioned off off air it was uh, it's more a lifestyle and um, and it's a lifestyle that really suits um, our family and uh, and how, how we live mm-hmm. so uh, so that's what we did we um, we went I went out got a job and uh, and hit the ground running and uh, realized that uh, I had to make it work and uh, you know, but it's not all success and uh, and money pouring in. At, you know, at that time, it's uh, it's a twenty four thousand dollar Citibank credit card debt, and uh, and how wa- attractive? Oh, exactly, exactly, <laughs> and uh, and waiting on settlements. You know, um, there was uh, had a really good run um, with um, developers and with townhouses and off the plan things, and and we sold ten units off the plan and at Victory Boulevard and Ashburton. I know it. I remember it <laughs> like yesterday. And, uh, and you know, it was a big payday, that one, when it was going to come through. But we sold them and I think it took about 18 months or so for them to be built and uh, to actually settle. And um, 
I kept saying to Tanya, I kept saying, you know, Victory Boulevard, Victory Boulevard. <laughs> I hear Victory Boulevard one more time, I'll tell you. Um, so it finally did settle and um, I sent her a bunch of flowers and thanked her for her support and said I won't mention it again and uh, and we moved on. But went down, paid the uh, Citibank credit card off uh, after that and uh, then they wanted to give me a $50,000 <laughs> limit and I said no thanks um, and uh, sort of we were away but uh, – you know, it's it's a very short story that one, but it was obviously quite long. Yet, you know, it's a, it's a hard start in real estate, and I think that the younger you can get into it, and the more support you can get from not just uh, people, but also the brand and uh, and all those type things, um, is is huge. And I think that you know we've come a long way and we've evolved as an industry as well and we're really supporting um, younger people coming through and uh, and giving them the time I suppose to learn to mm-hmm. to get into uh, what they need to do and uh, and to learn the ropes and uh, you know I've got a young guy called Dion that um, that works with me and he's 20 he'll be 21 shortly and um, he's going to be an absolute jet by the time he's 25 and um, we just got to keep him humble and uh, <laughs> because that's sort of what can happen uh, and guilty uh, you know I'm guilty as well you get a little bit ahead of yourself at times and you know some things start to fall the right way and you think that um, you know you've you've made it and all that sort of thing and um you've got to you've got to check in with your humility mm. along the way so um and a couple of times it uh it has to be reminded for you so yeah, yeah. it's a very valid point mm. i think it's something that's starting to come through in, in some of the agents we're speaking to that that's a very real part of it mm. and uh yeah you know whether it's checking in with yourself or sometimes someone tapping in the back and saying hey mate yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stop getting ahead of yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and and that's the thing. I think that um, the industry, as such, it sort of it had that stigma when I got in that uh, you know there's your desk, um, there's a phone, hit the phones, and away you go. And it was very individual. Uh, if you wanted to market yourself, you had to pay yourself. Um, so it was always a lot of I and uh, yeah. I've done this and I've done that, and not a lot of we. And um, I think that that's something that we're trying to improve upon, uh, especially in our business. Uh, it's not uh, about individuals. It's about the team. And uh, if you're in that, then you can use other team members' results and, and boards and listings and everything else to be able to lift yourself up as well. And uh, it's that part of it's really important as well. But it's a, it's a start in real estate that uh, that I think gets people because when they start to get some success, um, they say, well, it was all me because I've spent my own money and I've, I've gone to the training sessions and I've, I've done it all myself, whereas, um, yeah, we're trying to do it a little bit differently now. Going back on what you said earlier about real estate being a lifestyle, how do you find that work-life balance? Yeah, it's, it's a good question, Kobe, because um, when I first started sending appointments to Tanya um, in her diary, she used to say, what is this? What, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, you know, if you want me to drop the girls to school, if you want me to pick them up, if you want me to take them to, you know, calisthenics or whatever it may be, well, there needs to be an appointment in my diary because I have an open diary. Um, so my team, Miranda and Dion, can see exactly what I'm doing and, and when I'm doing it. So um, it's it's one of those things that a lot of agents sort of hide that because they don't want their team to know exactly what they're doing and where they are. But I think that if you do that, then you block time out 
and um, and people look at it and say, well, I've always sort of instructed my team to I'm not taking my daughters to school. I've got another appointment mm. at that time. So yeah. you need to treat everything as an appointment. Mm. And when you get there and, and Tanya's there now, like um, she'll send me invites and I'll send her invites. And so it's, it's a really cool way of just being able to sit there and say, well, we can manage our life mm. um, and, you know, the, the great thing about real estate is that, you know, with electronic contracts and everything now, um, electronic authorities, um, it can all be done from home and that's what we've learnt over the past sort of eight or nine months is that a lot of what we do can be done at home and uh, it's uh, I think it's created a, a more of a lifestyle that way. So mm. the amount of properties that we transacted over COVID was uh, was astronomical and, uh, and they were all being done electronically, um, non-face-to-face. So, yeah. Big game changer in the industry. That Absolutely. whole piece, certainly in the world. Um, yeah, I in think the world globally. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, but we've got to take the lessons that we learnt and uh, and run with them. Taking a step back for a moment, um, you mentioned when you first started. You know, you've got a wife. You had your first child yep. and another one on the way and you're building a house yep. and you decide to start real estate. Yeah. I don't want us to skim over that because I think that's like, <laughs> yep. that's, that's pretty big. Like I look at uh, people entering the industry who are single, no dependents, no mortgage, maybe still living mum and dad or yep. rent free and they struggle. Yep. So two questions on that. Number one, um, how did you tackle your first six months? And yep. number two, do you think that, that because there was so much on the line, you actually went harder than if there wasn't? I'll start with the second question. There was no plan B for me. Um, if I wanted to go back selling boxes and doing all that sort of stuff, then um, it was a case of you know I'd have to fail in real estate first and that wasn't an option for me. So um, I've always been a student of the craft and I, I see real estate as a craft, uh, not just a job. So it's – and I still learn to this day. So um, I think there's a lot of issues that – um, the younger guys coming through and girls coming through um, without enough product knowledge. Okay. They don't spend enough time on product knowledge. So I was not only doing Lee Woodward and uh, all, all those audios, Matt Steinway, everything else in my car, but I was I was going to every single open for inspection that I could possibly get through uh, yeah. with competitors because I didn't have enough of my own. Mm. Um, and I wanted to know every single um, property that was on the market in the Mitcham area and I wanted to have walked through it and I wanted to be able to sit down with a client and say, well, yeah, I'll walk through that. Have you seen it? And they say, well, yes, we went through it as well. And I said, okay, so, you know, when you actually got their inspection pretty much disappointed, didn't it? And they say, yeah, it did. So, you know, or you got there and it looked better than on the photos. So um, you can speak from some experience there and people – uh, when they're trying to select an agent to take their biggest asset in the world uh, to market, they want people that actually know the market. And I was in an appraisal last night and um, and I, I pulled out a comparable and I said, well, this one's probably three or 400 metres away, uh, certainly not as good a home as yours, but uh, it's sat, I think it sold for about 1335. Um, so that means that you're certainly better than that. So we're 1.4 and above here. Uh, based on this comparable. I spoke to him at the end of the meeting and I said, so how are we looking and, you know, are we ready to work together? And uh, he said, well, we've seen one other agent and uh, we weren't too impressed. They didn't even raise that 
comparable that you mentioned. Um, and I just see that as they've their lack of planning, their lack of knowledge um, has cost them, you know, I don't know, 15, 16, $17,000. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of agents that come into the market and they – don't do the work and they expect it to still come. So um, in answer to your question, it's a long answer to the question. <laughs> no, but, go for it. Um, in answer to the question, I just knew that I had no plan B and I had to make this work and realistically, I, you know, I had a wife at home, as I said, uh, on maternity leave and everything else and it was just, uh, it was full on. But, you know, you just got to juggle it. you got to be very well um, uh very organised with your time, yes, and uh, and you've got to know more than your competitors. It's as simple as that, and um, you know that's where I think that you know I say say to Dion all the time. You know, I'll just talk to him on a day to day basis and just say, when was the last time you went through another agent's open? And he goes, oh, it's been sort of a, two weeks or so. I said, well, you better get back out there, and um, yeah, we're a little bit quiet at the moment, or we've got some time, so you should be out there looking and uh, and seeing what's going on. And the great thing is, when you're in a lounge room um, and you can say that you've been through, you know, the other agents open, um, you can also say, well, the funny thing is that you know we've got forty percent market share, and none of them come through our opens. So, how are they judging your home off? the back of a pedal report um, with a postage stamp sized photo of your home. That's a very valid point. Mm. Like when you look at market leaders, mm. yeah, and if the other agents haven't been through yep. what you're selling, yeah. how do you find, just as a side note there, how do you find the response of other agents when you go through oh, the they opens? hate it. They hate it, yeah. They hate it. <laughs> um, they Why? Hate, well, they hate it because... They've already got the listing. Yeah, but uh, this industry, um, people... Uh, filled with negativity and and if someone's coming through why is he coming through is he is he got another listing around the corner is there another one in the street coming up um we we go to all this we we build this story for ourselves um whereas if someone comes through mine i just i smile and i give them a brochure and uh, i say welcome um you know that person may be looking for a job um, in the next sort of 6, 12, 18 months, you never know. They may be there looking for a job right then. Yeah. Um, so you always be nice to people um, and you always um, you always let them through. But you know, if, if they came, I, I would, but they just don't. And uh, when we go, yeah, they do get upset and um, they ask us to take badges off and all that sort of thing. And you're like, yeah, that's fine. But, you know, I just – I wanted to leave the badge on so people weren't asking me questions because I'm in a suit as well, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> Fair but, enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's uh, it's an interesting thing but uh, product knowledge I think is is absolute key and um, I think that's what helped me um, really hit the ground running in my first couple of years was knowing everything that was on the market. Do you, you still live in Mitcham? Yeah, I do. You're a Mitcham local? Yes. And you sponsor a lot of local – Sporting yes. places, you're a big community man. Yep. What made you decide to do that? Um, there was a couple of reasons. Uh, the money that was being spent on DLs and, and drops into people's letterboxes was just crazy. I was spending sort of fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year on, on that in the office. And you look at it and you just go, okay, 90% of it gets picked up, gets dropped straight in the recycling bin. Um, probably somebody sits there and goes, well, this is a waste of, uh, you know, resource and and trees and everything else so they they blame real estate agents for you know for <laughs> the uh taking down trees and forests and what have you um and it really didn't get 
just uh, a huge return uh, on investment. So when you look at it and you say, well, okay, um, let's try and build a business within this this marketplace, um, it's it's like, okay, well, who's the market? And the market is the community. So if you're sponsoring the football club and they've got 400 families that all live locally uh, that go to that football club every sort of week, uh, then, you know, you've got the opportunity to speak at uh, a few events or or get dunked into um, ice baths or whatever it may so be. So much fun. Yeah, it, exactly. It was it, That was really fun. Uh, I think I had the flu at the time as well, so it was, it was great. Um, but you got to do what you got to do. And, um, and I've thrown myself into the community because I, I believe in it. It's it's not it's not a commercial decision as such. I, I think that you've got to give back uh, to the community that gives you so much as well. Uh, and I love I love Mitchum. I, I live there. I work there. Um, and you know I, I want people to know who I am. I want to know who they are. And uh, when the time comes, all that we ask at that time is that we get an opportunity. It's not uh, that anyone should feel compelled to have to list with us because we're sponsored the club. But we spend probably about 45, I think the budget this year is $45,000 on community sponsorship, but it's not just about the money. Uh, it's about having a two-way street with mm-hmm. the community as well uh, and making sure that, um, you know, that they're getting something from us, but we're getting something from them in relation to uh, whether it be social media um, posts or whether it be, as I said, um, being an MC at uh, one of their events or whatever it might be, but we've got to give up our own time uh, to do that as well. And, um, you know, we've got a dinner tomorrow night with friends, but uh, the Mitchum Cricket Club have got uh, Michael Suka um, going up to uh, the club tomorrow. And I, I said, okay, if I can make it, I'll, I'll try and duck in for sort mm. of half an hour, 40 minutes. But And that's the whole point is that um, it would be easier for me just to say no. Uh, but you, you don't do that. Heatherdale Cricket Club uh, next week has got um, their pink stump day. Uh, for breast cancer so uh, we've booked I think five or six tickets so the team will be there as well and, and that's the other thing too is getting the team on board it's not just a it's not just about me it's not just about um, one or two individuals it's about the team being out and being seen in the community doing doing good things but uh, you know in essence having fun yeah, that's that's what we're about this year 2021 what's ahead for you personally and, and as a team? Yeah, 2021, uh, it's, it's been a really, really good start and um, it's one of those things that, you you know, we've had this massive global pandemic and, uh, and the market shows how strong the Melbourne real estate market is because we're getting great results. Um, you know, Kobe's been through one that uh, we're taking to auction tomorrow that's, I think, got six, red, seven now registered bidders on it and, um, you know, it's, it's going to do exceptionally well and, you know, for us, 2021 is about um, bringing our team back together uh, after being away for so long. So uh, having some social events and all those type of things that, that help sort of uh, galvanise and, and unite us again. Uh, and uh, our, my personal team with Dion and Miranda um, is to continue that but continue having the flexibility of Miranda's got a young young boy that's school age and everything else. Um, so she needs to have that work-life balance as well. So uh, that's the thing that we've taken out of it. So um, we're now on iPads. So I, I used to um, – have used to be very sort of blue card. My blue card was my blue card. It was an A4 piece of paper and I used to write everything on there and had them all up above my desk and um, all categorised, excuse me. And um, 
and I've actually gone over this year onto an iPad. So I've got oh, look out. The, same, <laughs> the same form. So with the pencil, which is really, really cool. Um, I hadn't used those before. Uh, but now, you know, someone rings me at home. I can grab my iPad. I can write my blue card. Uh, I can put it in the invite to the guys. Um, the admin girls get it. They see exactly what I'm asking to do. And it's just seamless now whereas it used to be I had to get that blue card to the office in someone's in tray um, and now it can be done from anywhere so uh, which is which is great I pull over on the side of the road I might take a call um, I'll book that in so it's about taking the the lessons I suppose that 2020 taught us and uh, and making um, not only our work-life balance better but uh, our service to our clients better as well and uh, and that's really really important is to is to make sure that um, you know we're we're doing the right things, but we're also very real with our clients as well. Mm. Um, you know, the client that I'm going to see after this, um, you know, he he could only do the pre auction meeting for another home that we sold for him late last year. Could only do it on a Friday. Friday's normally my day off, and uh, I had a massive day planned of just errands and all that sort of thing, and. You know, I turned up there in in shorts, t-shirt, cap, thongs, and mm-hmm. and did the um, pre-auction meeting. And I, but I, I let him know. I said, "Listen, it's Miranda's and my um, day off, but uh, we can fit you in, and we'll do that. But we will be casual." And he said, "That's fine." And you know, when we got there, he loved it. He thought it was great. And um, yeah, that five years ago, going to an appointment in just you know t-shirt and, and thongs <laughs> yeah. and short, it just would never not happen. A thing. No, not a thing at all. No. Um, but yeah, that's the thing that I've learned um, that people people don't care um, what you look like, what you're doing, as long as you're looking after them and, and got their best interests at heart. It's really good that you've started using your iPad now yes. at work. <laughs> Do you see technology growing, like the use of it in the industry? Yeah, massively. Um, I think technology shouldn't just be there for technology's sake. I think it needs to support um, the buyer, the seller, the agent, everybody within the transaction. Uh, and if it's just a benefit for us as the agents, well, it, it's not really, it shouldn't be there. So I think that um, whenever, like, I suppose that what I've just said about my iPad now with the blue card on there is that I can send that, Emily can grab it, she can send a um, confirmation SMS uh, to that client within minutes and, um, and the client actually says, okay, well, I've just spoken to Matthew. Ten minutes later, I've got this SMS with a video, you know, about them and the team, and this is the team that I'll be meeting. Um, okay, well, this is professional. Um, so I, I think that you've got to keep it that way, that it benefits everybody in the transaction. And I think that um, sometimes people just like tech because it's there and it's it's fancy and it, uh, it, it like iPad's been around for a long time. I had one. I went off it. Now I've gone back to it and – I think that um, you know we've done that because the the brand of Jealous Craig um, puts so much uh, research and development into the marketing tools that we get provided as well, and everything looks so clean and sharp. And um, yeah, you know, I was in an appointment the other day, and the lady said, "Listen, I looked at your Instagram, and um, and it was just clean and modern." And I looked at a couple of other agents that I was considering, and they looked like they were still in the eighties. And I'm like, <laughs> "Well," I said, "Well, I can't take absolute credit for that. That's uh, credit's got to be taken by the brand who 
um, has dictated a little bit um, on what we can and can't do uh, on social media, but it's it's a good thing because it keeps everything consistent and um, and it keeps everything looking the way that it should. So on brand, so um, yeah, tech is a huge thing and is going to continue, I think, to be huge as well. Yeah, I would echo that. It's definitely yeah. it's come a long way. It's still a long way to go. Yep. But um, yeah, certainly. Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure to learn more about you today and how you got into the industry. I think that's yep. fascinating. Yep. Um, and uh, you know how you operate. So thank you so much for sharing your insights. Pleasure. I know people will take value from our conversation today, and um, we wish you all the best with the rest of this year. Thank you very much. You too. Thanks for thanks for inviting me. No thank worries. You. Thank you.